0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Double FM Sports. I'm Todd File. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jared Zurek. And today, we're pretty much just sticking to news, uh, and there's a lot of it, um, which is part of the reason why we're sticking to it. But we're also going to handle um, NFL playoff <laughs> predictions uh, while we, we go through the news. But it's pretty much it. Uh, back to basics episode, if you will. Um, so why don't we dive straight into NFL?
1: I mean, obviously, week 17 playoffs start, what, this Saturday? Three games? Yep. Um, obviously, with the end of the season comes some firings, too. that I think we kind of expected. One, I was a little shocked. Um, obviously, Adam Gase and Doug Maroney, Jacksonville and Jets, respectfully. Um, but then Anthony Lynn, the Chargers head coach. I'm a little shocked by that. I mean, they started a rookie quarterback for 15 of 16 games, and what? They were 6-10, and 7-9? I mean, there were teams worse than them that didn't fire their head coach.
2: Honestly, yeah, I would agree with that. And also, they got a really young, and I think a, they're, they're, that Chargers team had a lot of potential moving forward. And I personally thought Anthony Lillian was the guy that was going to lead them um, with that potential, but I guess – I don't know. The Chargers organization just felt that they needed to go another direction, but honestly, Anthony Lynn's a good head
1: coach, so he should end up somewhere. I mean, I don't even I I, I mean, I guess you could say the defensive side of the ball was a little bit shaky at times, but you got to remember Derwin James had a season-ending injury. Desmond King was traded. Melvin Ingram was out for some time. I mean, that's not something Anthony Lynn controls. I mean, I really don't think there's struggles, and they didn't really struggle that much i mean they were almost 500
0: and they lost a lot of close games too but yeah, they were in a lot of the close games yeah you're right yeah that although that could be a reason for firing anthony lynn because it's you had these games almost locked up you lost by less than a touchdown in most of these games
2: well, if we're using that logic then why didn't
1: the falcons coach get fired
0: He did. Dan Quinn was fired halfway through
1: the year.
2: Oh, yes. Shoot, he was. Uh, My apologies. Um, Yeah, so there were some firings. There was also some possible retirees. Retirees. Um, People that are retiring. Um, JR, one of them is very,
1: I guess, hits home to you. It is near and dear to my heart. Larry Fitz. um, You know, we kind of Uh, were talking. It's not confirmed. Nothing confirmed with Larry Fitzgerald, but you know, it, it looks like he's looking to retire possibly after the season. Um, another guy that's expected to retire after the season, but not confirmed, Drew Brees. Um, that one I feel like we've kind of come to expect over the last couple seasons that he would be done sometime shortly. And you know, if this is the season after, or this is the season that he chooses to retire. We just watched a legend play for what all eighteen years of our lives, right? um he's been in the league maybe Lee. maybe i feel
0: like it was since 04
1: but yeah, yeah it was a
0: little but yeah. and then the other uh, the other
1: one uh near and dear quarterback to my heart i used to love watching him play for the texans matt schaub
2: uh, um oh, really?
1: yeah he retired this year at the end of the season um you know he hasn't been relevant for a couple years but i remember playing as him back on the Wii mad no nine <laughs> Andre Johnson, Arian Foster, and my boy Matt Schaub. Well that team that Texas team back then was like that
2: offense was nice to play Madden. Um I guess do we just want to I guess well there's a lot of I don't know at the end of week seventeen, there's always a lot of rumors and stuff. We we, we really have nothing to necessarily confirm. We have a lot of rumors. Like for example, um there's rumors going on that Jason Garrett um, Giants offensive coordinator, former the Cowboys coach, may actually take the head coaching spot at the Chargers, which could be very interesting indeed. But then again, rumors, we don't know anything yet. We'll probably know more towards the end
1: of the – uh, Going Going off of that, I know I saw that Robert – Robert saw who is what, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers? Or is he the offensive coordinator? One of the coordinators Defend. for the Niners. He's being Defend. interviewed Defend. by defense. Okay. Defend. He's being interviewed by the Jets along with the secondary coach of the New Orleans Saints. I think that's a little bit weird of a person to interview just based on what he's coaching, but you know, it's the Jets. Yeah. It is a very Jets like move to try and look at someone like that. Um, I do realize that I, I did forget one other person that's retiring, um, former Cardinal safety, Antoine Bethea. He announced his retirement today, actually. Um, So, yeah, that's another guy that's retired. Keeping with rumors, Zach Ertz, he was uh, filmed in an interview in tears, and he spent some time after the game just sitting there on the bench in – oh, shoot, what's the Eagles Stadium called? Lincoln Financial. Lincoln Financial. Um, The rumors is that Dallas Goddard is the guy there in Philly, and to keep cap that, Zach Ertz is probably on his way out of Philly – I know I've seen Rivers Ethan to the Steelers. I, I don't know how you feel about that, but
2: Nah, we, we're already we're already like screwed in cap space to begin with. So adding that. Actually I've heard um other rumors coming out of Houston. Actually, there's been some talks that maybe will maybe request a trade in the not so distant future, which could be very interesting as there obviously will always be a team that needs a quarterback. So and actually, I've seen i seen
1: something that actually might put him at the Steelers. No, Ethan, you just talked about cap room. I mean, I I don't I don't could, know about just, that
2: cap room. No way. We we're we're already like minus twenty million or something in
1: cap room to begin with. So you want to talk about quarterbacks moving though? Um, I think Cam Newton's obviously done with Patriots. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily know where he's going. I know Washington was actually a front runner for a possible landing spot. Along with that, um, the guy who Todd, I know you don't like when I phrase it this way, but led his team to the Super Bowl last year in Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: He got carried. He got carried. You want to talk about game manager? He's a game manager.
1: No, no, no we're not starting this conversation again. No,
0: I agree with Todd. He's
1: a game manager, but he's also the quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, there's been some rumors that he might be out of his way on in San Francisco. Um outside
0: of that. Don't forget Wentz too is on the yeah, outs I mean, with the um the Eagles organization. So you want to talk about that? How about that
1: QB situation there in week 17? I mean oh. benching hurts. Benching hurts while down three to bring in Nate Sudfeld. I mean, following the Eagles because they're from Pennsylvania and well, I hate the Eagles to be quite honest. Nate Sudfeld is not going to win you a game. Nate Sudfeld's no Nick Foles off the bench.
2: And this was to dismay of pretty much everyone that supports the New York Giants. Um, uh, uh, on social media after the game, it was, oh, it was bad. It was bad. Well, I mean,
1: even Eagles supporters were.
2: Oh no, no, Eagles! Eagles supporters were ticked off at Doug Peterson. I think even some of the Eagles players were actually ticked off at Doug Peterson too for that decision. And there's still One no reason. The-
1: One of which was Miles Sanders. I mean, that's their running back, hopefully, of the future, I would think.
2: The Eagles team might be falling apart. But anyway, there's no – Doug Peterson didn't give any reason why that he did. He said Nate Sudfeld deserved to play. Nate Sudfeld does not deserve to play. Like, the guy – he's just just not good. Like, I'm sorry, Nate Sudfeld, for watching this. What's up? But you're (laughs) not the best quarterback in Philly right now. I'm sorry. And so I
1: need
2: need a better reason from Doug Peterson. I would under I can understand. I think we talked about this earlier. I can understand if you're down by 40 and you don't want to risk Jalen Hurts getting like a a serious injury. I understand that. But you're in that game. As Herm Edwards says, you play to win the game. You
1: play to win the game. No, you want to play to win the game. You want to talk about playing to win the game and backup quarterbacks? How, you look no further than the Rams versus Cardinals. You had two backup quarterbacks going at it. And, of course, you know, it hurts to say my Cardinals lost that game and that and we missed the playoffs. Good. It kind of seemed like it was destined to happen when Kyler was out and Larry Fitzgerald didn't play. I mean, that sucks. But I want to talk about John John Wolford. Wolford, Wolford. yeah. I mean – that kid can play some football, boys. I don't know if you saw that game, but he was running every which way. He looked like Lamar Jackson out there. And he looked like a seasoned vet with his throws. I mean, off balance, perfect throws. I mean, they were, they were not easy. It was not here, give the ball to Cam Akers. It was not here, throw a slant. It was, hey, go win this game for us and do what you got to do. And yeah. he did it in his and- first ever start.
2: And obviously with the Rams playoff game coming up, we'll talk about playoffs in like just a second here. But um, Jared Goff will be twelve days off of thumb surgery, and that's gonna be that's a tough injury for you to play through, especially only coming twelve days off of surgery. The good news is for the Rams is they they have Wolford who proved himself that he could play and win a game if you needed him to. So maybe you don't rush Goff back now. Who knows?
1: Yeah I mean Mm My only concern comes from the fact that I know what our defense looks like, and our defense does not look like the Seattle Seahawks defense. Actually,
0: actually, the Seahawks' their defense has been abysmal for most of the season. Literally, you know it's bad when your leading pass rusher is your safety. Literally, yeah,
1: okay. Jam- but you can say that. But that's what Jamal Adams does. I mean, just- no, yeah. but
0: it's, it's not that the D line was doing its job, and Jamal Adams had an insane year. Jamal Adams had an insane year and all uh, defensive line production was next to nothing.
1: I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying like Jamal Adams is the kind of safety that would go in there and
0: rough around the quarterback. But he's the only guy is my point. Yeah. It, man, ain't, it, ain't, the, it ain't the
2: legion of boom we saw five years ago. Let's just say.
0: Although um, that secondary is nice. but It is.
2: It is good.
1: But yeah. Um, so do we want to move anything else, or do we want to do playoff predictions? Well, oh, come on. I got plenty of stuff. Derrick yeah, Henry, your boy, man. 2K. What is it? Eight, nine people have ever rushed for 2,000 yards. That's pretty impressive. And it's the Titans become the first ever team to have two with CJ2K and uh, Derrick Henry. Um, also talking about pretty big explosive performances. This one was just a game, not a, career, or a season. But Jonathan Taylor – what he had like two fifty and two touchdowns or something? Yeah, that was he had an insane. I mean, granted, it was the Jaguars, but be on the lookout. He might, he might have that Colts job, you know, locked up with Marlon Mack. You know, being out for this year, he got his chance to shine. And then speaking about injuries, Mike Evans. Went down early in the game against the Falcons with a knee injury. He did not return. However, Ethan, your boy Antonio Brown went off for 160
0: and two touchdowns
1: in a pretty decent win for the Bucs.
0: And you want to talk about playoff injuries. I mean, it's not an injury, but the Browns are continuing to get slammed with uh, COVID cases. They had to close the facility again. Their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, won't be – I don't think he'll be active for their playoff game against uh, the Steelers. And Jedrick Wills and Richard Higgins got busted for street racing. So yeah. – Hold up. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, obviously, the good news is the Browns did clinch the playoffs for the first time in, like, 22 years, which is obviously a huge accomplishment. Because if you know the Browns, you know – the past 20 years haven't been the greatest for them but they they Sorry,
0: did.
2: Titus. yeah apologies <laughs> Titus. um they did get they did get their playoff berth but obviously with facility shutting down and all that there they, i'm not going to say things aren't looking good but they could be in a better position right now
0: it's a tough yeah. road ahead
2: it's a tough road ahead especially and now they have to go well they got to go to pittsburgh now Right and beat the Steelers, but yeah, um, and the Browns clinched that playoff spot over the Steelers, but the Steelers, we kind of played our backup squad
1: a little bit. So you're you're sitting here, you you were trying to defend your Steelers there. You went a little we defensive played, there.
2: It's the truth. We we played our backup squad.
1: Oh yeah. Um, you want to talk about clinching? Uh. This one made me sad to see, but the doink off the upright and through for the Titans with la- like the last second against the Texans that won the Titans, the division and my Colts pick for the division did not happen because of a stupid doink field goal that went through. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I have to say. Um, and th- that's all I have to say on that situation right before we get into um, playoff predictions, Hall of Fame. Class came out, you know guys like Jared Allen, Tony Baselli. I mean, there are some really good names here. Tory Holt, Calvin. I wasn't finished. I named two people: Tory Holt, Calvin Johnson, Peyton Manning. As Ethan said, you know Clay Matthews. Um, there are some really good oh, guys. No, I,
2: like I don't think it's it's not. The Clay Matthews or the Packers. It's the other Clay Matthews.
1: Yeah,
0: it's yes. not the Packers. Club. I just want
2: I just wanted to clear that up. Um, but Heinz Ward is not on there again. And
0: I'm not so sure he should be. I mean, dude,
1: I put I put Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt over him as the two wide receivers in that. Torrey Holt for sure, and, and I'd say definitely Reggie Wayne too, and Calvin Johnson. He's the other wide receiver. I forgot about him, but I mean, I think those three deserve it more than Heinz
0: Ward, Ethan. Heinz sure. Ward is a Pittsburgh legend, but in the grand scheme of things, I just, I mean, he doesn't have the resume, I don't think. I think he could get in there someday, just
1: not this year. And then the other one that I missed, uh, Charles Woodson, I think we, uh, that speaks for itself. Yeah. Yep.
2: Uh, so moving on to player
1: predictions now. Oh, sorry. One quick thing. Uh, oh, come on, man. Okay, well. It's kind of college football, but it's also pro football. Both Trevor Lawrence and Kellen Mond, the Texas A&M quarterback, have declared for the draft over the next couple of days. I know those are the two big ones, and I just kind of wanted to throw it in there before we got to playoff predictions. But okay. here we go. We can uh, go to playoffs.
2: Playoff predictions. Um, so Obviously, the playoff predictions were um, playoffs were settled week 17. We now have the official teams that will be playing, and I'm just going to go in order from – The first game on Saturday to the last game on Sunday. We're going to start off. So first off, um, Saturday at 1 o'clock, we have the seven-seed Colts and the two-seed Bills. Um, Are we just saying what they are, or do we want to give our actual predictions to these games?
1: I say we give our actual predictions.
2: Okay, so then I'm taking the
1: Bills. I'm taking the Bills.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would take the Bills here, but I'd say aside from this game, all of the other games, I could see going both ways. And that includes the Washington game. I agree with that. I actually agree with you there, Todd.
2: All right, moving on to the 440 game, we have the six-seed Rams in the NFC and the three-seed Seahawks. Now, I, I I think it's actually going to be – I'm going to say it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I think the Seahawks eke it out just because their offense, I think, is slightly better than the Rams.
1: Nah, I got the Rams' defense. I saw a stat last week while watching them play the Cardinals. They have the best rush defense and the third best pass defense. That defense is not getting beat, and the Rams are going to win that game.
0: I think it will be a a decently close game, definitely one to watch. Um, I mean, I forget. In the regular season, did the Rams win both of them or just the one?
1: Um, let me check real quick. I think they won just – yeah, they won just one. They
0: won the first matchup and the Seahawks beat them the second. Right. So, I mean, that's telling in itself, you know. I mean, yeah. if they split regular season, then it, it's going to be close. And I think I'll give it to the Rams just because I think they have a slightly more complete team but if russ goes off with that receiving core it lights out
2: yeah all right then yeah, the i don't a- see that happening with Jaylen,
0: every- i was totally you don't talking, know that but
1: cool
2: no you're like on like on the zoom thing it's it looked like you weren't talking i think you're like lagging a little bit um Anyway, the H-15 game on NBC and Nickelodeon. And Nickelodeon. Yep. We, we have the um, Washington football team and the Buccaneers. Now, as you said, all these games could be a toss-up. This is one I don't think will be a toss-up. I think the Bucs are just going to steamroll the, the Washington football team. I don't think it's going to be close. Uh...
1: I, think, I think I agree with you that the Bucs will win. I do not think it will be the steamrolling that you say it will be. That Washington defense is scary, man. And you should know. You should know. That that Washington
0: defense is scary. For me, if the Bucks come to play, I think they will win. However, there have been too many times this year that we have seen two different Bucks teams. We've seen the one where the offense just gets rolling, everyone's on the same page, and they put up a boatload of points. And I mean, the defense is usually pretty solid. Um, but there are other times where the offense is just off and they're not making anything happen. They can't buy points. I haven't seen a whole lot of that from Washington when they're healthy and we know how good that defense is. So I don't know. I think this could be a lot more entertaining of a game than people think. And this one's a toss up for me. I'm actually not going to give a uh, prediction.
1: All right, all
2: right. Okay, moving on to the Sunday game at 1 o'clock. We have the Ravens and the Titans. This game is going to be a very good game. It's basically
1: – it's Baltimore's run game I versus so. Tennessee's game. I, I really don't think it's going to be that good of a game. Um, Baltimore's offense has started cooking the last couple of weeks. Tennessee has been a little questionable. I, I true. I mean, I think it will be an all-right game. Like, I don't expect it to be, like, fireworks and everything, but I think the Ravens are going to win that one.
0: I mean, and I know that hurts you. <laughs> I mean, not, this is a grudge match, really. You're not wrong. I
2: mean, these teams have had beef, I feel like, because I think there was some beef going into that game in Baltimore. Tennessee players were, like, doing something on their logo or something, then Harbaugh stepped, and then per- personally, I think – I I think I'm predicting what happened last year. I think Derrick Henry is going to like steamroll for like 300 yards and they're going to, they're going to slug this game out.
0: That's kind of what I'm thinking here. And to be honest, Lamar has played this year. He has played at a sub Lamar level. If that makes sense. No, I would agree. Last year, this Titans team, which is largely unchanged at the key positions. I mean, sure. Yeah. You have no Logan Ryan, but like you still have Malcolm Butler and like Kenny Vaccaro and those guys. Um, I forget if they have, how long is Jadeveon Clowney out? I'm not entirely sure because if they get him back, that's another guy that you didn't have last year that upgrades your D line. Um, and I mean, this is the same offense that went and steamrolled the Ravens last year. And minus Taylor Lawan. What? Minus Taylor Lawan. I mean, yeah, but I mean, that won't make too much of a difference. Yeah, answer. well, dude, Taylor Lawan is one of the most underrated offensive linemen
1: in the game. And it's not just because of his
0: skill. No, no. I'm. I- it's not anything against Taylor Lewan. I'm saying I don't think the removal of one offensive lineman is going to dramatically affect the, um, the overall, um, not impact outcome of the game.
2: I mean, to be fair, Derek Henry hit 2k without him pretty much the whole year anyway. So.
0: I, I just, I still think the Ravens. I think, I think Titans win this game.
2: I think Titans win this game as well. Um, Moving on to the four o'clock game, uh, yeah, four or four forty, I should say. We have the Bears and the Saints. Um, You know, oh, Jerry, you have something to say? I got the Bears. Oh, the Bears! I I think it's actually going to be a closer game than people are are, are anticipating. Um, I think Chicago is going to come to play, and I think the Saints are going to struggle a little early, but I think eventually Drew Brees is going to find his footing, and I think they're going to pull it out at the end.
1: I mean, we're talking about the Saints team that just lost to the Eagles two weeks ago, or something like that. This Bears team, in my opinion, is worlds better than the Eagles. I mean, yeah, Allen Robinson. Now, I do know that David Montgomery went out with an injury at one point during the Packers game, so that is a little concerning. I do not know what happened to him. Mitch Trubisky, Todd, he's looked pretty nice. Not great, but he's looked pretty nice. Um, and then the defense, obviously, Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson. The boys back there, they're pretty good. I think they beat that Saints offense, which hasn't been the same since Drew Brees went out. Or even this year with Michael Thomas out, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I mean, they have Brees back, though. But, I mean, hold up. Did Thomas come back, too? Because he yes, was out he was again, right? Okay. I'm pretty sure but, he's back. Okay. That's what I was thinking, but I wanted to make sure. Um For me... I mean, it's like JR just said. They haven't been the same, not even just without Drew Brees, but this hasn't been the same Brees, I don't think. And it most certainly hasn't been the same Michael Thomas. Um, This is not the explosive Saints team that we look at as perennial title contenders of the past couple years. To me, the defense, okay, it's incredible up front. We know that there's talent in the back, but we don't always see it. And, I mean, Alvin Kamara, obviously, but will he be back from COVID? That's the question. Um, How will Breeze play? How will that wide receiver core play, especially if Breeze plays subpar? There's a lot of questions there, you know? So I think, yeah, like Ethan said, this will be a lot closer of a game than people will expect I could see scenarios both scenarios where either the the Saints win or the Bears too cuz the Bears have a lot of those holes too particularly on offense. So I don't know. I'm I'm going to be like I was with Washington and not give a prediction for this game either.
1: All right, Ethan, this is the one you're waiting for, huh? The
2: Browns and the Steelers at 8:15 on NBC. Um now, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm a biased person here. You know, I'm going to be taking the Steelers, but I'm even more so – I mean, the Browns just have a lot of COVID situation. They have the closer their facilities, so they haven't really able to practice and prepare um, like a normal team would for this, for this game against the Steelers. So I just think – I think it's actually going to be a lot closer than people are expecting it to be based on the Browns' COVID situation. Um, I actually don't think the Steelers are going to play particularly that well this game, but I think the Steelers are going to pull it out.
1: My question to both of you, because I don't know the answer to this: Is the wide receiving core of Cleveland going to be back for this game?
2: Not Rashad Higgins.
1: Well, no. But but I think... I'm
2: talking about like
1: Landry, Peoples, Jones. All the, I mean, they had four wide receivers out the um, past two weeks. I. I think I'm like, not entirely sure. If I they can't are I,
2: I, can, I, can, I feel like Landry and Peoples Jones will be back, but I, I can't confirm it. Obviously,
1: if if they are. I think the Browns can win that game. I really do. It's AFC what? North, East? Which one is it? North. AFC North Football. I can never remember what the divisions are called. It's AFC North Football. Anybody can win any game in that division at any given time. And, I mean – them Browns have a good bit of confidence after what they did last week. And I'm not talking about the fact they beat the Steelers. I'm talking about the fact that they beat their playoff drought. I could see a game where you expect out of the Steelers for them to just, as a, as, a, as a person that has watched the Steelers for years, the Steelers tend to play bad in games that are not against the best teams, that mean a lot. I see the Steelers struggling on offense, and I see Baker Mayfield doing what no Browns quarterback's done in 20 plus years and winning the playoff game. Again, that's on the, that's on the idea that the wide receiver
0: core is back. If there's no wide receivers, Nick Chubb's not going to win that game on his own. Right. Um, Also, I don't know that Rashard Higgins has been disciplined in any way, but, so they might have him who knows, but anyway, um, I mean, to me, this is all about which Pittsburgh Steelers show up. Because, like I said with the Bucks, we have seen two wildly contrasting Pittsburgh Steelers teams this season. We've seen the ones that just roll over people and destroy them. And then we see the ones that get beat because they can't execute. Not to would mention
1: – I wouldn't even say it's the ones that get beat. I mean, you go back to that Cowboys game – they didn't, Dude. they won that game, but they played like garbage.
2: I think it, I think it's the Steelers play is very evident if you look at the Colts game. The first half, they looked like the Steelers that couldn't win a game. The second half, they looked like the Steelers that could pretty much beat anyone.
0: Right. So, I mean, they're also, they've pretty much had a week off. If you, I'm, I mean, for the guys that didn't play or played limited minutes mm-hmm. against the Browns in week 17. So we'll see how that happens. Um, it does concern me that the Browns won't have their head coach and haven't been able to practice at their facility. So because of that, I'll probably slant it in favor of the Steelers. But if the Steelers don't show up to play, this is the Browns game to lose. All right. That's all I got for professional. Football. We should
2: let's just we'll mention that on um, the Packers secured the number one seat in the NFC and the Chiefs can sit secured the number one seat in the AFC. So if you, you you were concerned why we weren't mentioning them, that's why they're they're in the next round. So we'll probably give a playoff prediction for the next round too. But this is just our wild card predictions as of now.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: Um so I think that's it for the NFL. Um I, I guess moving on we'll go college football.
1: Yeah, there's some pretty big coaching news. I mean, first off, Ethan, your offensive coordinator is gone. Steve Sarkeesian is officially the head coach of Texas after their head coach was fired earlier this week. Um, uh, Sticking with head coaching-wise, Coach Holliday over at Marshall after having a pretty decent season, especially with a true freshman quarterback, he um, is no longer going to be coaching there. And then one that surprises me is Coach Harbaugh at Michigan, there is rumors that he is working on an extension to be there till 2026, and I don't know about that. I really don't.
0: I Um, mean – oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, I mean, I just – I think they underperformed heavily this year, and he does not deserve it. Oh, go ahead,
0: Ethan.
2: I I was going to say heavily is an understatement.
0: Yeah. And, well, I mean, you think it's weird that he's in the works to stay there till 2026? There's been talk about him coming back to the NFL, which I think is even more crazy. I mean, if we're questioning him staying at Michigan, I mean, we're really questioning him moving up a level, you know? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Ethan, you want to get to? You? I'm going to let you talk about your
1: favorite part, and that's your Heisman, where I think there was absolute highway He's robbery. Heisman committed. Trophy
2: winner is wide receiver from Alabama, Devonte Smith, who had a tremendous year, and obviously, showed by him winning the Heisman. I mean, obviously, as you could tell, Jr. not too pleased with the decision. He thought Kyle Trask of Florida should have won it, and um, there's definitely an argument there. But they well, gave. Okay,
1: I think it's I think it's highway robbery that he didn't win. But I think it's even more so the fact that he finished fourth. He finished last. Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence came over him. Are you kidding me? Trevor Lawrence didn't even play the full season. Kyle Trask led the country in passing touchdowns, passing yards, only had five picks, and had the second best QBR behind Mac Jones. And I do want to point out these are pre bowl game voting stats. So, this is not the Kyle Trask that played abysmal against Oklahoma. This is the Kyle Trask that we watched all year long. I would
2: say he didn't play particularly well in that LSU game. And that, that night. Was, the first- no, no,
1: yes, he did. He, got, he threw for three touchdowns, 400 yards, and two picks. But one of the picks was yeah. a ball that got tipped from out of bounds. I mean, he played well that game. The only game he did not play well, in my opinion, is the bowl game, which didn't count. I mean, come on, Trevor Lawrence second. Don't get me wrong. I'll speak Wait, on kind of that too.
0: Yes, How Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence get was second.
1: Exactly. How did he get second? I'll speak on that when we get to the playoffs. <laughs> you, That's all I to yeah, you say.
2: should because you have a lot of explaining to do for yourself. Yes, you podcast.
0: Oh, yes, you do. You have plenty of explaining to do. All right, before we get to the
1: playoffs, I do want to mention that Georgia-Cincinnati, what
0: a freaking game.
1: Jack Pudlesny, career-long last-second field goal to win the game and the Cincinnati Bearcats' perfect season. It was a pretty good one, not going to lie. I was not cheering for Georgia, but to watch it come down to that, it was pretty fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, Playoffs. Yeah, moving on. All right, uh, we'll we'll talk about the um, less
2: interesting game first. Alabama beat Notre Dame. I don't really think too much of a shock there.
1: No, no shock at all.
2: So they're going to be in the championship, and then um, in the other race, um, Ohio State. Let's just say
0: romped all over.
2: Yep, Clemson. When when our when our very own Jeremy Mizrak said, and I quote, Clemson was going to mop the floor with Ohio State. So
1: all right. Obviously, you want an explanation, so here's my explanation. There were three things that led to that loss for Clemson. Number one, and this was one that I did not know about prior to the game, and it probably would have uh, changed my prediction slightly. No the time, excuses. No excuses.
2: Let's, let's hear No, no, no.
1: It. These aren't excuses, but these are, I mean, this is what happened that caused Clemson to lose the game. Nolan Turner, who I mean, I don't know if you guys realize how important he was prior to this game to that defense, but him being out for the first half because of a targeting call in the ACC championship showed how important he was to that secondary. I mean, they got dotted up by Justin Fields. Number two, James Skulski linebacker. His second targeting penalty in the playoffs in two years. That absolutely set them back. Jake Venables already out. Golski goes out. And, I mean, you could see in that game that they were already running all over the place, that linebacker core. They were in trouble. And when Skalski went out, it was over with. I mean, that that defense just looked terrible. They looked out of shape, everything. And then lastly, and I, I don't know how people, if people agree with this, but I think their offensive coordinator being out was a huge problem. I think that, you know, they had probably a couple drives scripted in which they scored their first couple of drives. And without their OC, they didn't have anyone to really change the uh, the offensive tactics. And after those first two drives, when Clemson opened up fourteen nothing, it was done from there. I mean, I admit I was completely wrong, and I did not expect Justin Fields to throw for six touchdowns. But Clemson beat themselves that night.
2: Yeah, and I think the problem. I'll go back to Clemson's offense for a second. I think even like in a like the, even in the third quarter. Like when they were down by like twenty-one, they still were not throwing the ball very far. They were still throwing like little quick passes. And I think that's due to the offense coordinator not being there, drawing up plays. I would totally agree with you.
1: So I think that's I think that shows the difference between a guy like you know last time we did a news episode, Ethan, you talked about Big Ben calling his plays. That shows the difference between a thirty-seven-year-old veteran in the NFL and what Trevor Lawrence is probably twenty-one yeah, as something. a junior, as a twenty-one-year-old freshman college quarterback or freshman. What am I talking about? Junior college quarterback. I mean, I think that shows the difference a little bit.
2: So that means that this Monday at around 8 p.m. Eastern time, Alabama will play is, Ohio is State.
1: It, it is confirmed for Monday.
2: Oh, well, there are there rumors that might be pushed back due to the Ohio State um, Big Ten. I don't know. But um, as of now, it's Monday, January 11th.
1: The rumors that I've heard is that their whole entire defensive tackle position group is out with COVID, and so the Big Ten will not let them play if they're missing a the whole entire position group. So then how does that work? What if, like, the CFP doesn't agree to, like, moving it back? <laughs> that, Man, we're in unprecedented times, and that calls for unprecedented measures. Yeah, yeah. so
2: – okay, so let's do college football – let's do championship predictions. So, Alabama, it's
1: not even close.
2: I'm obviously going to say Alabama, but biased so, – but, Todd, you're not biased. You have –
0: I'll say Alabama for the same reason that JR said Clemson last time. And that's simply because, well, I mean, it's kind of why we all were thinking Clemson is, Oh, I mean, Alabama has the more complete team. You know, we've talked about injuries with Ohio State. I mean, you want to talk about their D-tackle group being out. Justin Fields went down with an injury. So, if he's not at 100%, was
1: that a targeting call? Was that a targeting call? That's the debate.
2: The official definition of targeting is leading with the crown of your helmet, which James Skalski technically did. So, technically it was, although it wasn't to the head of Justin Fields, but it was leading with the crown of the helmet, which is the definition of targeting. So, technically, as the rules
1: stand, it is a targeting. I don't know if I agree, I with, agree with but... I, I agree, Ethan. I agree with you. However, the problem that I have with that call is the fact that Justin Fields spun. Justin Fields put himself in that situation. It was not a Ryan Cazier, duck your helmet and break your neck targeting call, which is what that whole entire penalty that they've reworked has been made to stop. That was a, you have your arms wrapped out and he spun into your head. Yes, by rule definition, that is a targeting call, but I think that is probably one I, of the most I controversial agree, targeting I don't agree calls with the ruling,
2: have. but that I don't agree with the ruling, but that's what
1: the rule is. So we have to go know, by what the this I don't I understand that's the ruling, but I don't even think this falls into the ruling, the fact that Justin Fields put himself in that spinning situation.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I again it's
1: not he, like it's not like field, it's not like Skulski lowered his helmet and hit him with the crown of the helmet to hit him with the crown of the helmet. He lowered his head to get him wrapped up. His arms were out and field spun into his head. It was not, you know, your classic targeting call. Like, I get it, leading with the top of your crown of your helmet, you shouldn't be doing that. And maybe you need to relook at that if it's in the waist like it was here. It was in the tackle box, but I don't agree with the targeting for a, a multitude of reasons
0: evidently
2: yeah um anything else out of college football obviously that we will, will let you know what happens in that game and our kind of analysis of the game but I guess do we want to move on to the NBA yeah
0: let's, let's do it
2: the NBA. okay so I mean yeah, there's a decent amount of news here I, I guess maybe some of the most recent news uh last night Markel Fultz um uh, tore his ACL non contact knee injury suffered um, during the game. Um, he's that, out that,
1: poor, that poor kid, yeah. He's I mean, been what doing. has that kid not gone through? Yep. Um, I mean, back in the day, what he was number one out of Washington, everyone thought that this kid was going to be it. And here he is. He's had a Honestly, tough career. He's not even –
2: he's actually – whenever he played, he's actually played pretty decent. I think he's just got – injuries that just bugged him. Yep. Throughout his whole career so far.
0: Um, That's exactly.
2: It. I mean, speaking of injuries, um, Kevin Durant's been out, I think, the past couple of games, if I'm right.
1: It's not injuries. It was COVID-related. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's now. been out for – I think he's been out for an eight- to ten-day period with COVID-related stuff. Um I guess not really injuries, but talking about departures. Todd, help me pronounce this name. Paul Westfall. West. I don't know how to pronounce Paul Westfall. his name. Yeah, Paul Westfall. I don't know how to pronounce his name.
0: He, wait, uh, wait. You're calling him a departure? He <laughs> died, man. He died. Oh,
2: no. Yeah, but Paul Westfall died. So our condolences go out to the uh, Westfall family, NBA family, all that. Um, what, go we, ahead and back. We had, we had a couple. Of- I was going to say we have a couple sixty-point games that have just recently happened. Um,
1: Jr. Bradley Beal hit, got a sixty-point game, unfortunately couldn't pick up the win. Well, I mean, before you go, before you go into that, Todd, um, you brought it up last week or whenever we did it that the Wizards and Pistons both did not have wins. Both teams have won. Yep. <laughs> uh, not many games, but we got a win. Call them. Um, so, yeah, but, yeah, Bradley Beal tied franchise record with Gilbert Arenas last night with 60 points. Um, couldn't and beat lost the 76ers. Six. Whatever. I'm fine with a 60-point performance and a loss. And then Steph Curry, I mean, he was doing Chef Curry stuff. 62 points against your Blazers, Todd. I mean, that's tough. We that's still tough. won that game, though. Did you? Pretty, Did we? I'm pretty sure you lost by five. I think it was like 137 to 132. Let me look. I could be wrong.
0: I could also be wrong. I know we lost last night to the Bulls.
1: Yeah, nice. they won 137 to 122 that game.
0: Okay. Oh, we lost uh, to the Knicks last
2: oh, we lost to the Knicks last night. I was
0: night. gonna say you guys lost by 12 points to the Knicks. I gotta say though, look at that
1: Knicks record. It's not too bad. It's five and three. I mean, this is a team that was the laughing stock of the NBA last year. They were. They we have been um, laughing
2: stock for like the past five years.
1: Yeah, but yeah. with the with the KD and Kyrie and Zion stuff that didn't happen last year, all eyes were on the Knicks. Okay. Um, outside of that. I mean, there's some problems with the Clippers with COVID-related stuff. They had a couple coaches test positive, I believe. But outside of that, that's all I've got for NBA, unless you guys have something else. Nope. nope. All right, college basketball. Um, um, I
2: don't know where – I honestly don't know where – I guess I'll start off with something that's not on here. Duke, um, for the first time in 21 days, played, they um, – they had a season that's what?
1: not even on the that's not even on the news thing this is well, not he was for 21 days. that's kind of notable not really when everybody's going through it novas has a huge problem with covid i think you just brought that up to bring up Duke. i do gotta mention didn't they win by like one point To boston college yeah by, we minutes. were we, we made a
2: 16 point comeback though
1: I don't care we almost lost to Boston College. Well, we didn't. Yeah, but they're down 16 to Boston College. Talk about comebacks though. How about West Virginia? Without big man Oscar Tishweebi, who has left the program and entered the transfer portal, made a 19 point comeback on Oklahoma State. How about that? 19 points. Now, granted, I mean. It wasn't for much – it was 32 seconds left in the game, but Cade Cunningham fouled out. um, Didn't have the chance to have the ball in his hand for the last second shot, but props to West Virginia. Go Mountaineers. Um, And then also talking about uh, departures, Houston guard. Oh, shoot, what's his first name? Something Mills. He's he's left the program as well. I don't think he's entered the transfer portal yet, but – Soon to come, probably. And I uh, guess you want to bring up Kentucky.
2: I was going to say Kentucky, a team that is um was one and six. They are now two and six. Um, without John Calipari, they won their two overtime game against. Um, I mean, he was a, he was
1: ejected. That's that's what ejected. I mean. Without. He
2: was ejected, but um, who they who they beat? I want to say wow. Mississippi State. I think it was. No, no. Oh, I
0: without, get you. Without Coach Calipari. I get Perry, you. I mean. just read that. Yep um some other big
1: big games uh what's it called texas who i think is becoming one of the more legit teams of this this season absolutely blew out kansas what was it 25 point win against yeah. the kansas team that was top 5 for pretty much all this season except for like one week where they were like 8 or 7 i mean As I said to West Virginia, props to Texas. The Big 12 is showing out this year. Uh, Tennessee got – they pretty much killed Missouri and then turned around and lost the other day, right? Am I going crazy? Please tell me I'm not going crazy.
2: No, you're not going crazy.
1: Where did they win? Or where did they lose? Oh, yeah, they got beat by Alabama by eight, which I guess is not getting killed, but it's Alabama when you're at number seven. Um, And then also Oklahoma State, we already mentioned them with West Virginia, but they beat Texas Tech in overtime. So some big games going there. The March Madness tournament, all in Indiana this year.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um. Most of the games will also be played in Indianapolis um, as well. So, I mean, it's just very interesting. It's going to be a new experience um, for all the fans at home and stuff, not like really seeing teams around the country play, but that is only going to be in Indianapolis or
1: Indiana, I should say. But, yeah. Now this one, Chris Smith. Some of you may remember his name, but I doubt the two of you do. He is a UCLA Bruin. He just tore his ACL. But I think he's a little bit better known by being one of LiAngelo La- Ball's oh, accomplices. In the Chinese robbery, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so uh, he's out for a good bit, obviously. Yeah. And then... Speaking you of LiAngelo, he still, actually
2: did have a D league contract, I think,
1: with the Pistons. I'm not too sure, but no, yeah. Dude, he got, he got cut like three weeks ago.
2: I know, but he signed a G League contract so all three balls are now Dude, back signed,
1: in the NBA. Signed, Ethan, no, he didn't sign a G League contract. He signed a he signed a non-guaranteed contract, made no money and got cut.
2: No, like, Leangelo, LeAngelo Ball signs a G League contract to playing Bubble 4 hours ago.
1: Okay, well, I didn't write this four hours ago. I thought you were talking about when he actually signed to the Pistons. No,
2: no, no. Yeah, no, but he signed a G League contract, so.
0: Well, speaking of G League, did we mention that Jeremy Lin didn't end up going to the Warriors? I know that's old news, but. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah, the the deal fell through, so he, I guess, is still playing – for what, the Beijing Ducks of the Chinese Basketball Association? Oh, dang. dang. I mean, that's that who I was playing for, but.
1: I was hoping I'd see him in the G League. Not that I watched G League, but Jerry Lynn back in the NBA. Lin Sanity.
0: <laughs>
1: um, I wanted to, before we get into rankings and the wooden watch, which just came out a couple days ago, I do want to go to women's college basketball real quick, in which number one, Stanford. Beat number six, Arizona, by, like, what, 20? I mean, that's that's a little bit embarrassing, I I, got to admit. But, you know, Stanford, they look like the real deal in the women's side of the college basketball. Um, But, yeah, so rankings always come out Monday, correct? Yeah. For college basketball. So, I mean, obviously you got Gonzaga and Baylor at the top with Nova at three with Kansas losing some big movers into the top five with Iowa up five to five number five and Texas up four to number four Uh, Michigan keeping their perfect season alive they are up six to number 10 Houston after a loss they are down six to number 11 West Virginia lost last week they are down five to number 14 Minnesota, they are up five to number 16 right now, but I do believe they lost to Wisconsin, right, Todd?
0: Yep. We killed them.
1: But Yeah, you guys beat them pretty bad. So they'll be back down. Tech with that loss that I talked about in overtime, they're down five to 18. Clemson, big win over Florida State a couple days ago. They're up seven to tied for 19th with Virginia Tech, although Virginia Tech also lost this week, so they'll be moving down. Ethan Duke fell 1-21, to and I was really hoping that they would lose last night so that they would fall out of the top 25. Um, St. Louis tied at 23 with Michigan State. Obviously, that's going to change with Michigan State's 25-point win against Rutgers. And then FSU at 25 with
0: seven spots falling. Yeah. Hey, JR. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Correction. So – Wisconsin beat Minnesota um, before these rankings came out, so they already adjusted for that. Really? Yep. And they still
1: climbed five spots? Yep. yep. All right, Minnesota. <laughs> okay. Oh, they just lost to Michigan. That's what I mean. They just lost to Michigan. That'll that is it. their loss. They lost last night by like third or twenty-five. Yeah. Um outside of that, we can the wooden watch kind of released their big thing of players. I mean, I'm not gonna go through it, but right now, give me three players that are up that you think should win the wooden. I got Luca Garza, I got Ron Harper, and I got Corey Kispert. Who you got? I got
2: got Luca Garza, Corey Kispert. Um, it's tough.
1: It's tough. Gotta give me somebody.
2: See, I could just, I could just tick both you off and say like Jalen Johnson, but
1: Jalen Johnson hasn't even played in like two and a half. I know. I understand. Um, just, I don't
2: know. Just looking at it. There is some guy from like I don't even know where he is. For Lafayette, um
1: justinkowski. No, no. E- that's not a real wooden block guy.
2: I understand. Um maybe Cameron Cameron Thomas having an all right year. For LSU. Who? Cameron Thomas, LSU guard. He's legit. I don't think so. He's Scotty Pippen. Pippen, 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 Pippen Jr. for Vanderbilt. No. I,
0: I don't think so. All right. Well Ethan um, struggles to find a player. <laughs> why don't why don't I go as um, as a guy who doesn't watch a whole lot of college basketball? I'm gonna say, yeah, Garza. Um I'm not going to say Kispert. I'm actually going to say Jalen Suggs. Now, yes, he is a freshman, but he... Even if he doesn't win the Wooden this year, which I mean Garza is the clear favorite, I would Sutton, say...
1: Suggs won't be here next year, if that's what you're going to say. Suggs is going to draft, man.
0: That's facts. But um, I'll put him in there, and I do like your pick of Ron Harper, but Part of me is feeling I don't know maybe he's a dark horse Marcus Zagorowski from Creighton.
1: Oh yeah I'll say him Marcus I, I like I like him but he's been a little spotty this year and up until late he hasn't been the Marcus Zagorowski that you know we knew last year um, another guy same first name could win another big 10 player Marcus Carr Minnesota. I think he's averaging like 24 and a half points per game and I mean Minnesota nobody expected them to be this good this year. Yeah.
2: So I guess with that being done, I guess no, NH- no. What? You need
1: your Last person. You need your last person. He copped Zagorowski off of me. Really? That's what you're. That's that's cold. That's cold. But okay, we'll take it because we got to move on.
2: Yep. Yeah, we're, we're a little pressed for time here. So, NHL. Um, the Penguins signed Mari
1: Marino. Sorry. You know what, you know what, you know what, I'm just going to take NHL because you just tried to call him Mariano. Do it, Jr. go. The Penguins just recently signed a huge contract with NHL defenseman rookie John Marino, um, Dylan Strome, who's a key vital piece, key vital piece, yes, English, please. He is a key piece to the Blackhawks to a two-year deal. Uh, Colin Wilson, most recently with the Avalanche, has retired after 632 games in the NHL. There are three AHL teams actually opting out of the season. I cannot recall two of them, but I know one is the Charlotte Checkers. Um, And then lastly, this is probably my favorite piece of hockey news right here. And it's the fact that the U.S. World Juniors team upset Canada 2-0 in the final when Canada did not let up a goal the whole entire tournament. Travis Zegris and uh, Alex Turcott scored the two goals there. Spencer Knight, the 19-year-old goalie. Played absolutely phenomenal, and I got to be honest. A lot of people counted the U.S. They didn't even think they would make it to the semifinals, and here we are with them young U.S. boys winning the U.S. World Junior or U.S. World Juniors. Yes, I can't speak today, but when can I ever? Um, winning World Juniors, I'm I'm happy for my country, USA.
0: You forgot something.
1: What did I forget?
0: Um, the NHL for this year restructured its um its divisions so for this year it's not going to be you know the met the atlantic the central and what it's is it the pacific or the west Pacific. pacific. okay I, that's what i was thinking anyway so those are no more um the all of the canadian teams all seven of them are in the north um they've all been branded by the way so it's like the honda east and like the Scotia North and like the Discover Central and I forget what West is but um so anyway the Canadian teams are all in the north the Bruins have moved down into um the east with a lot of the the met teams like don't what don't remind me oh well yeah i was just going to say um with like the Caps and the Penguins, the Rangers, the Devils, the Flyers, those guys. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this, um, how this season plays out.
2: Yeah. So well, I guess maybe moving on. Wait, Joe, you got something?
1: No, no, no. I just don't want you to screw up UFC as well.
2: No, no I was going to say, so moving on to UFC, JR is obviously our resident UFC guy. So what do you got for, for this
1: episode? All right. Well, with it being January seventh, as we record this, it is sixteen days out from McGregor vs. Poirier two. Super excited for that one. Um, this happened a while ago, and I never mentioned it, but uh, Anthony Pettis uh, became a free agent and signed a deal with the Professional Fighting League, which is they're actually pretty legit. They've brought talents like Justin Gaethje to the uh, UFC ring. Max Holliday and Calvin Cater is set for just nine days from now, January 16th. And then Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis, which we brought up a couple months ago, got postponed, is now rescheduled, as well as Kamara Usman and Fighting Burns for the title, I believe. Um, That's a big one. And then not UFC, but boxing. After having a TKO, I believe Ryan Garcia, who is still undefeated as a professional boxer, called out Gervonta Davis. And looks like they're going to be fighting, uh, not going to lie, Javante Davis is going to beat him just like Conor McGregor is going to beat Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather is going to beat Logan Paul.
2: Oh, he's calling in predictions. Well, if Ryan Garcia wins that fight, um, clip this moment, and we'll be sure to question Jair about it after. Um, you guys you guys know I like my hot takes.
1: I like to make pretty yeah, yeah. clear-cut so, takes.
2: Moving on to top soccer, um, we'll start off in the Premier League. So – Chelsea has lost 3-1 to, I believe, Man City,
1: um, and which means Frank Lampard's job a little bit in trouble here now. No, no, no. It's not just that loss. I'm pretty sure they have one win in seven games.
2: Chelsea's not playing well, let's just say. Um, so Frank Lampard's a little – his job's a little in the air now, um, but we'll see if he gets it back. Um, uh, Kieran, I think it's Kieran Tierney, right?
1: Kieran Tierney, yeah.
2: Yeah, he's, I guess he's going to be the future captain of Arsenal eventually.
1: Sometime. Todd, it's, it's not that big, but I like Kieran Tierney and Todd, your team is Arsenal, so I just kind of wanted to bring that up. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sergio Ramos, I know I don't have this in the notes, Ethan, so I'm going to take this one over. There are talks that he's going to be out of Real Madrid. place that I have seen is, in fact, Manchester City, as if they couldn't get any better. Um, on a free agent deal, nonetheless, so not even paying anything for him. So, I mean, that could be huge. Um, also, departures, Paul Pogba, Manchester United have come, kind of come to the conclusion that Pogba's out, on his way out. Wow, I can really not speak today. And then also, going back to Arsenal, Mesut Ozil. Looks like he could be on his way out of Arsenal, you know, a guy that has been pretty good for all of his career, just not sitting right at Arsenal, not playing much, and looks like he might be out. And then to the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich were down 2-0 at mines at halftime. And then proceeded to score five goals and won the game 5-2. Not like, uh, not, nothing unexpected. Um, Todd reminding me, thank you that Southampton with a second minute Danny Ings goal took down Liverpool which gives Manchester United the chance to go top with a win which actually might have already happened but I could be completely wrong um and then sticking with Bundesliga Jaden Sancho has not been playing this playing that good this season but he did finally score so he's on he's on the he's on the sheet
2: Yep, and then moving to the MLB, finally moving to the MLB, this will probably be our last topic, where we actually have some huge news that has just recently come out. Francisco Lindor um, of the, I believe, Cleveland – I don't want to say Indians because I
1: feel like – Indians. It's the Cleveland Indians. Aren't they now the Cleveland baseball team,
2: though?
1: No, they're getting ready ready to change their name, and I made up Cleveland baseball team last time.
2: And, like, I think – uh, the starting pitcher Carlos, I don't want to say Carrasco, something like that, have been traded to the New York Mets um, in exchange for I think just some young players and all that. So I know one that, of that's the a huge, the trade,
1: Mets, for the course, uh, huge yeah. trade for the Mets. Huge um, trade for the Mets. And then also a little bit of historical news. Um, you know, we talked about Sarah Fuller having some historical stuff in NCAA football. Bianca Smith was hired as the first black pro-woman's coach in MLB history. It is for a minor league team of the Red Sox, but, you know, that's history right there. History Congrats there. to her and the Red Sox.
2: Yep. So, but I think that's that's pretty much um, all we have here. Obviously, we, we like we said, we're pressed for time, but um, unless anything has anyone else, I mean, just keep being on the um, lookout on all of our channels, um, Spotify, Apple, all that, we're going to be posting some. We got some stuff coming up that we're excited to share with you guys um so stay tuned for that um so unless anything has anyone else we can sign it off
1: just want to say that the things Ethan's are talking about are some pretty nice interviews i'm pretty excited with who we got hooked up with
0: mm-hmm. yeah. all right so until next time i'm todd file i'm Ethan fager and i'm jr mizra and we are signing off